What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Between Two Tackles. I'm your host, Alex Spinelli, and alongside me, as always, is Ray Volo. No Dino today, but Ray, we have our final team of the Fix the Franchise series, and we got the LA Chargers. Very interesting rebuild. Yeah, this is a team we've wanted to do for a few weeks now, but we kept holding off just with the the looming Jim Harbaugh uh, rumors going there. So, and he finally went. So it's time to dig in. And this team is uh, in questionable shape. I guess they got the hard part done where they have their franchise quarterback. But besides that, uh, whoever the new GM is going to be has their work cut out, cut out for them for sure. Yeah. Um, just quickly, as an Ohio State fan, seeing Michigan win the national championship, does this just fill you with joy? Uh, I mean, he's just a coward. We we all knew it. I mean, he cheated, got suspended in the first three games, cheated again, got suspended in the last three games, has an asterisk win as a title, and then sees <laughs> Ohio State reload and he runs away. So, I mean, I don't blame him because uh, we're going to obviously we're gonna both through college football next year. But, yeah, he's a coward. Right. So now it's Ohio State, Penn State, one, two. Yeah, oh, for sure. I mean, they already lost what their entire, I feel like, core anyway. So I wasn't too scared of them to begin with. But now they're going to crumble. Yeah. <laughs> seven win team <laughs> all right we'll see um so for this chargers team after leading 27 to 0 against the jaguars in last postseason um and then losing in and one of the craziest games i've ever seen um the chargers were cl- clearly frustrated with how their season ended in 2022 um, but they had a lot of expectations coming into this past season as a team that can make some noise in december and january However, that didn't happen. They had big injuries this year with Austin Eckler, Mike Williams, Joey Bosa, and then eventually Justin Herbert, um, who had surgery on his throwing hand, and this team finished with a bottom five record. Um, they were just five and seven with Herbert playing, um, so they really were not playing their best football. They were middle of the pack on offense, but the defense really struggled this year. Bottom 10 in pass yards allowed, passing touchdowns allowed, rushing touchdowns allowed, and opposing points per game at 23.4. They fired head coach Brandon Staley, which was long overdue after an embarrassing 63 to 21 loss against the Raiders. That was one of the worst games I've ever seen. Should have been fired um, at halftime. Yeah, really. That game was pathetic. They also fired longtime GM Tom Telesco. He was there for 10 years. I couldn't believe that when I saw yeah. that. He, he was there for 10 years. Um, the Raiders now. Yeah. Uh, I actually do really like that hire. Good to uh, air him up with Antonio Pierce, but we'll keep it with the Chargers now. Um, So we got news Thursday, like you said, that Jim Harbaugh would be returning to the NFL to coach this Chargers team, but we are still waiting on news about the GM and uh, who the coordinators that he will bring. Uh, I think it's been like rumored that he's bringing over um, Jesse. uh, What's the guy's last name? His his defensive coordinator. um, Possibly to possibly to, uh, help him out on staff but they're going to need to work fast especially with this gm role because this team is in cap hell they have some of their best players on huge deals that need to be worked out um and they do have picks but it's not like they're littered with um high valued picks so going to be a very very interesting offseason for this la chargers team yeah i mean I, i i do question the organizational philosophy of hiring the coach and then hiring the gm I know a lot of teams are doing that where they each separately report to the owner, but I just feel like successful teams, you have to have that hierarchy in in place. I feel like you got to go GM then coach and have it just work up the ladder. So, but when you have a personality like Harbaugh, he's obviously going to take precedent. I feel like over whoever the GM is. Yeah. And I would have to imagine that 
the way that this all went down to, he's going to have a pretty big voice in terms of player personnel too. Um, For sure. But yeah, I, I agree. I always feel like that top ten, top down mentality is the way that great organizations are built. Like you said, with a, a guy like this that they really wanted to impress, that they really needed to bring in, um, they just did what had to be done. So we'll be curious to see um, who they bring in as the GM. Let's talk about their past draft because they did not do a lot to help themselves last year. Um, so in 2023, their first round pick, they took Quentin Johnson, wide receiver out of TCU, just a really rough season. Uh, 38 catches, 431 yards, and two touchdowns. Not really what they were expecting from a guy that they were hoping to get you know, some good wide receiver three production out of and a good stepping stone into this next season. But um, it was really rough for him. Um, the bright spot of this rookie class was Tuli Tuli Pelotu, their second round pick. Uh, the edge from USC had four and a half sacks, looked really good playing alongside Bosa and playing alongside Khalil Mack. They took Dion Henley, linebacker out of Washington State, limited snaps this year, but um, I know we both liked him coming out. He was kind of a raw prospect anyway. He was a converted, uh, he was a converted wide receiver quarterback, if I remember correctly. I think he went from um, I think he went from wide receiver quarterback, wide receiver, safety, linebacker. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So um, just a raw player. I, I think he'll get some more run this year. Um, hopefully look to expand on his play. They took uh, the other TCU wide receiver, Darius Davis, in the fourth round, only had 15 catches for 66 yards. Um, in the fifth round, they took Jordan McFadden, offensive guard from Clemson. He had two starts this year in week 17 and 18 at left guard, played well in week 17, really struggled in week 18, allowing five pressures. Um, but just another rotational piece on that offensive line. They took Scott Matlock in the sixth round D tackle out of Boise State, didn't play much. And then in the seventh round, another TCU player. I guess they only really watched the national championship. Um, <laughs> actually, I can't even say the national championship. Semifinals. Because TCU, TCU got absolutely blitzed in the national championship. Uh, but they took quarterback Max Duggan out of TCU, didn't play. Um, right, really rough draft, honestly. I mean, throwing darts at a wall i feel like you have a higher hit rate than than what they had in this past in this past draft but they did get a nice edge piece with, with Thule, and hopefully quentin johnson can can grow his game a little bit more yeah i mean it's still early i, I do think Dion henley will be a good linebacker he'll be a good chess piece uh to help cover those tight ends especially help their pass defense in the next couple of years but I, just with quentin johnson I, I, my concerns with him coming out were just his ability to high point and track the ball deep I feel like those, that really showed this year. His hands were questionable, had a lot of drops. I feel like with um, Harbaugh coming in, you need to get him playing more of as like a like more crossers, get him the ball in his hands early. I feel like that's where he really flashed in college with the ball in his hands because he is a pretty good athlete. So I feel like you got to stop letting him do that linear vertical stuff, like thinking he's like a DK Metcalf type player, and more so just get, get him some crossers some digs and let him work over the middle and try to get the ball in his hands to go yak. But um, besides that, it, it's still too early to write him off entirely. So he'll be in the plans next year as, as a top three receiver for this team. It's just a matter of how they're going to supplement that receiving core and kind of build around what they have. Cause right. there's, there's a piece missing at least one piece. Yes, I agree. Um, it's funny too. Cause I remember when we did our wide receiver rankings and we talked about Quentin Johnson and about how other people, like the public, were talking about him being this big play threat down the field, going to get jump balls, and we didn't see him that way. And we said, 
He's really good with the ball in his hands when you get him that underneath stuff, the stuff where he makes a catch with his back to the defense and then he's able to turn up field. Those were the plays that he was really explosive. It wasn't going down the field 50 yards and trying to make a 50-50 ball. Um, so hopefully they they see that and they use his skills to the best of his ability. Also doesn't look great because they drafted him in the first round ahead of Zay Flowers and Jordan Addison, who both had really good rookie seasons. Um, and they could have definitely used juice from either of those guys. I think Jordan so, Addison was someone I was plugging in for them, like in all the mocks we were doing last year. I just thought um, California kid made a lot of sense for and the juice that they needed. Someone who can really sh- truly stress the field, but they decided right. to go with uh, the size speed factor instead. All right, let's talk about some of these foundational pieces because this team does have a lot, especially at the quarterback position with Justin Herbert. Who else are you looking at for this team moving forward? Yeah, I mean, Herbert is the big one, obviously. I feel like that's the really – like I know I said that this team's kind of in shambles and uh, the new GM has their work cut out for them, but at the same time, it's a shortcut. You have a franchise quarterback already in place, yeah. so like that's the hardest part of a GM's job. Um, other than that, I think Derwin James on the back end is one of the best safeties in the league. He's a true captain of that defense, and I'm sure the pass defense struggle as a whole. But when you have a quarterback on the defensive side of the ball, too, who can kind of operate and just play in the box deep and do do everything, I think it really does help the defense out. So he's someone that I'm looking at. Um, Other than that, I feel like it's kind of a little barren just because there's so many questions with contracts working in. But I guess one other player I will shout out, uh, Jamari Salyer, and obviously um, Rashawn Slater and Zion Johnson on that offensive line. So they do have three pieces on that O-line who did struggle this year, but we all know Slater's one of the best tackles in the league. And then on the inside, Zion Johnson, we were, I was a massive fan of him coming out, so I really do have faith that he'll be a, a starting, a good starting guard in this league. And then Jamari Salyer, when he filled in for, uh, for Rashawn Slater his rookie year, I feel like that just deserves to give him another year and just have him develop as a guard because he really earned a lot of respect for that team that year filling in. Yeah, 100%. I had all three guys listed. Um, and like you said, not that it's like a cheat code, I guess, but you do have the quarterback and you do have three foundational pieces on this offensive line, which is more than a lot of teams in the NFL can say. Um, I'll throw in Asante Samuel Jr. in that list too. Um, he's been up and down, but he's a good player in the cornerback room. And honestly, this team is just bereft of, of pieces in the secondary. So I'll throw him in there. Yeah. I had him listed too, but it's just like, when you talk about the other pieces that they have, I feel like with him, it's just like that, that unit has been so bad. And like, I guess he has been a relatively bright spot, but he's more of a CB two and they need to go get a CB one. Agreed. Um, let's talk about some of those team needs heading into free agency. So I have corner as the, as the first need. Um, like I mentioned in, in the intro bottom 10 and passing yards allowed bottom 10 and passing touchdowns allowed. And then opposing points per game, they were just getting thrown on all season. Um, what other positions outside of corner do you have for them? So I have a, a premier pass catcher as a, um, as a need. So whether it's a, a wide receiver or a tight end, they can use. They need another piece to help uh, Justin Herbert out to really open up this offense. We don't, no one knows how long Keenan Allen's going to be there for. Mike Williams gets hurt when he looks at the sun too long. So they, <laughs> and then Quentin Johnson, we talked about how upset he's been as a rookie. So I think another pass catcher is definitely something needed to help open this offense up. And also, I think they still need to address the interior of that defensive line. I think they have a lot of edge pieces. Uh, and their run defense kind of improved this year, but I think you got to get some more big buys up there to help secure the run game and um, maybe even 
bring some interior pressure for this defense too, which would really make this pass rush elite. Yeah. Um, I'll mention a few other positions. I do think they need an offensive tackle opposite Rashawn Slater, um, whether that be via the fifth pick in the draft, honestly, because I think you're going to have probably first pick at, at one of those offensive tackles in that slot. Um, so I think that would be a route that that I would look at. Um, and then some secondary positions at running back with Austin Eckler being a free agent. Um, and then also a tight end. This tight end room is, is really thin too. So that's a, they can go grab a tight end on, on day three, maybe um, just look to bolster this room. I think they only have two tight ends signed through next year. Um, so those are the other two that I was looking at. Let's take a look um, at their free agency and some of these cuts because this team, like I mentioned, is in cap hell. Currently, they're projected negative uh, $44 million, um, in cap space. So they have to dig themselves out of that um, 29th in the NFL, and they have some big free agents coming up. Not really big free agents, but um, they have some big contracts still on one-year deals. So the notable free agents for them right now Austin Eckler, Josh Kelly, both in that in that backfield, Gerald Everett at tight end, Austin Johnson, the D tackle, Kenneth Murray, who's first round pick linebacker, just hasn't really panned out for them. Um, Jalen Guyton, a wide receiver who's gotten some run with them as a wide receiver four, wide receiver three during injuries. Um, and then their kicker, Cameron Dicker, I'll throw in as well. You know, just because I like Cameron Dicker is a great name. Um, let's talk about the cuts and the restructures with this free agent class, because they're going to need to do some work. Talk me through some of your cuts and restructures. um, And we're going to put it in through over the cap and see how much cap space they can actually clear. Yeah. I like that. So I think first and foremost, you got to start with a restructure of Joey Bosa, just because he's locked up for so long and you know, he's not getting cut either. So he's going to be there for the long term. I think that gets them. How much does that get them in cap space? Like I want to save them around 10 million. Okay, I thought it was going to be more like seven, so that's good there. Um, and then I personally think Mike Williams is a no-brainer cut. I like, agree. Like I said, he's been he's been hurt so long, um, or so often rather. I just feel like with that cap number being what was it thirty-five? I'm pretty sure you can save twenty. Yeah, million. I think it was thirty-two. And you can save around twenty million. I think that's a no-brainer as well. Um, and then this is where it gets a little. Interesting. I guess one more, Corey Lindsley. I know he's talking about retiring. Agreed. So that I think that's nine million there that you can get uh that you can clear. Yep. Um, so I think we can assume that he's gonna we can cut him for this purposes, but a reti- he may also retire too, just for injury concerns. Right. So where does that leave us right now with those? So currently we're still six and a half million uh over the cap. Okay. So gotta gotta get some restructures going. Um I'll talk about a few other players here. Um, Eric Kendricks, who they're very thin at linebacker right now. He's going to be 32 next year. He's owed $9 million this year. Um, you can save $6.5 million if you cut him. Um, what do you think about that one? Yeah, I mean, that's tough because he was brought in by Brandon Staley, so it does make sense that they want to um, – that they, they could clear him out. For how much, how much savings did you say? You could save 6 and a half. I mean, and, and we're about 6.5 over, right? That's what you said? Yep. Yeah, I guess you can you can we can cut him for purposes, but they are very thin at linebacker. Um, I think Diane Henley would be their only linebacker, but also there could be a scheme change coming with the new head coach. Maybe they go to a more of a traditional four three defense where they could really take a little bit of pressure off the linebacker position. Yeah. Um, um 
I also want to talk about Khalil Mack. Um, he's going to be 33 in this upcoming season. Just had an outstanding season. Had 17 sacks. He did have six sacks in one game, so um, looks a little inflated, but still was a great year for him. He's owed 38 and a half million this year. You can save 23 million on the cap if you cut him. Um, this is a tough one because for me, I'm either cutting or restructuring one of the two of Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa. And in this case, we restructure Joey Bosa. So I think we kind of have to cut Khalil Mack in this sense. And then you just have uh, Bosa and Thule as as your edges. I just think it's so tough to cut him um, after a 17-sack season. He's got one year left, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yes. I wonder, I mean, I feel like you can't let him walk for free. I feel like you can maybe at least get like a day three pick for him just considering the over, the inflated cap number. But uh, yeah, this is this is the last year of his deal. Yeah, at the same time, do you consider extending him? I know he's a little aging, but maybe <laughs> add a couple of years onto that contract and uh, kind of um, spread the burden, if you will. I mean, oh, that's so tough. Like he just had 17 sacks and he still only won five games. Um or you can look at it. He had they he they won five games with him having seventeen sacks. Meaning, like, what would they have done if they didn't have him? That's true. Um, yeah, I just don't know what to do with this because I mean, with how we just cut and restructured, like we're still gonna have to restructure a couple guys. Like, if you don't restructure, if you don't restructure him or cut him, um, Herbert's got to get restructured. Also, I'm going to say this. Actually, I was going to say that uh, Derwin James, Derwin James, Derwin's and Herbert got to get restructured. Both, yeah, restructure both of them because um, they're they're there for the long term. You got to be able to get out of this somewhat. <laughs> okay, so we saved seven million on Derwin's contract with the restructure, and we're only going to save like three million, four million. Uh, it might, yeah. I mean, with Herbert's contract. Um, so again, and this leaves us eleven point six million uh, with in cap space. You got to have some money uh, saved up for your for your rookies. Um, this is just a really tough offseason for them because I think they also i I think if they don't cut either Khalil Mack or Keenan Allen, like they're gonna have to restructure one of these guys. There's so much money um, towards the cap with these few players it's it's pretty crazy they also have 20 20 million in dead cap from from jc jackson this cool. year too which is also killing them um but like these are really their their options it's cleo mag and keenan allen left and then what happens if you do a, a post 6-1 trade for either of those guys how much money do you save on on that it only gives me the pre-option uh okay. it would be the same it, for for Khalil mac it would be um 23 Point one. So the cut and the and the trade are, are the same. And Keenan would be twenty three as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it I, it seems like almost like it's going to come down between one of those two, right? And I guess you kind of in this situation, you probably have to go with Khalil Mack. I agree. I think you would have to trade Khalil Mack over Keenan Allen. That wide receiver room is so barren, and we yeah. already cut Mike Williams. So if you tr- let's say we assume we trade, what do you think you can get for Khalil Mack with a thirty eight million dollar cap number? A one day three pick, maybe. Right, it's probably like a, a, a maybe a conditional, like a conditional pick based on yeah a fifth that turns into a fourth if he plays snaps or something. Yeah, and then maybe like turns into a third if he gets extended or something along those lines. Yeah. All right. So you want to trade Khalil Mack here? 
Yeah, we got to. Yeah, we, we did right by him. We didn't. We don't want to let him go. <laughs> yeah, can't we can't cut Khalil Mack up with seventeen. To be honest, I didn't know he had seventeen sacks this year before we started doing this. So, oh, it's got it's tough. Yeah. All right. So let's let's run through this now after after all these have been put in. So we traded Khalil Mack, which saved us twenty three million on the cap. We restructured Joey Bosa, which saved us ten million on the cap. Um, I'll go through all of the restructures. We restructured Derwin James, which saved seven, almost eight million on the cap. And we also restructured Justin Herbert, um, which pushed some more cap down. We saved four million on the cap. And then our cuts, Mike Williams cut, saved 20 million on the cap. Corey Lindsley was cut or retired. Let's let's assume he's retiring. All right, fair enough. The Ohio State (laughs) got a benefit of the doubt. (laughs) I like it. He had like a heart issue or something. So, um, Hopefully he's he's okay, and um, if he wants to play, let him come back and play. Um, if he's obviously medically cleared, um, so we saved nine million with Corey Lindsley cut, and then we saved six and a half million with the Eric Kendricks cut. So that will put us almost thirty five million dollars in cap space, which will give us enough room to get our draft picks and uh, go after some very low low free agents. Yeah, and maybe it- retain a guy or two. It's a sort of it's a soft rebuild year for them, you know what I mean? Like it's they can't. It's kind of like what the I mean to tie into a different sport, like what the Mets did this offseason. Like I don't think they're going to be punting on the year just because they have that quarterback in place, but they can't go out and spend like crazy. You know, they got to be they got to be smart with their dollars and really hit on all the free agents that they sign. Yeah, agreed. All right, so now that we have this cap space, let's like take a look at their free agents. Like I said, I'll read them out again quickly. Uh, Eckler, Josh Kelly, Gerald Everett. Austin Johnson, Kenneth Murray, Jalen Guyton, Cameron Dicker. Who are you bringing back, if anybody, of this group? I mean, maybe Dicker the kicker. That's about it. <laughs> um, besides that, I don't. I think all of these guys are going to end up walking. Uh, yeah, I tend to agree, and I think the only one that maybe I had in was uh, was Jalen Guyton. If you can get him on a on one-year, two million dollar deal. Um, cause he's got speed and actually he's played okay. Like when he's been in like a rotational role, um, I honestly, I think I trust him more than I trust Quinn Johnson at this point of his career. Um, so those are the, those are the two guys I would have, uh, and then maybe Austin Johnson, just cause they got the nose tackle, assuming they're going to stick with the, the same scheme. Maybe you can try to resign him and really just bring back, um, someone who can help stop the run. But, yeah, I mean, I don't even think he was good stopping the run when he was when he was there. Why can I not find him? What he got like a decent sized deal previously, if I remember. I guess it wasn't that big. Seven six million for a nose yeah. tackle. I guess that's not that bad. Um, I thought it was closer to like ten. Um, all right. What do you think about Josh Kelly? Or you could just draft a running back day three and. Yeah, you yeah no. fill out this room. Yeah, you draft a you or sign an undrafted free agent. Yeah, who do they got? They they still have Isaiah Spiller, Jared Patterson, who they drafted, Elijah Dotson. Damn, is Isaiah Spiller finally going to get some run? I mean, I think he's, he's averaging have like to. two. He's averaging like two yards a carry. I mean, I think they'll end up probably taking someone in like the fourth or fifth round to help compete at this position. Running back so deep this year. I mean, every year, but this yeah. year I think especially. All right, let's talk about some free agent targets. Um, like we said, we're going to have to get a lot of these guys on the cheap. Um, so who are you looking at for them? 
So I I spent most of my time kind of addressing the back end or the set or the defense rather. Um, so for the starters, I got two guys from on the back end from the Giants who I have marked either Xavier McKinney to help round out that safety unit or a Dory Jackson, someone you can get on a one-year deal, uh, bring him back out West and maybe he can play inside outside and help uh, fill out this cornerback room. So those are two guys I thought of. And then on the front, I think two more guys from the same team, actually from, from Cleveland, uh, Mo Hurst or Shelby Harris. I also help. have Mo Hurst. Yeah, to help fill out and uh, the interior of this defensive line and really improve that run defense. So those are the four guys I had listed. Yeah, I mean, I really like, uh, especially Xavier McKinney. I think that's a really, really fun pairing with him and and Derwin James. Um, I went even cheaper options for, for my free agents than that. Um, in the secondary, um, our boy Bryce Hall, I, he deserves to to play somewhere. Um, he'll get a cheap deal somewhere and, and make an impact. He's, he's been a good player. Um, also former jet, great Arthur Mollett. Also, I didn't realize he was 30 years old already. I thought he was like 25 still. He was around um, for the dog days, man. Yeah, he really was, but he's been awesome in, in Baltimore. So I think this is a guy that if they can swing him over, um, maybe play the slot for him. And then Trey flowers, who's another older, older corner. Um, that they can they can look to bring in because they really need a, a ton of help. I like Mollett, uh coming from the other Harbaugh's defense to uh, Jimmy Boys. I mean, I think it makes a lot of sense, especially at Michigan. They really tried to emulate that Baltimore defense too. So you assume that they're going to try to do that same thing in LA, right? Um, I'll go D tackles because you also went D tackles. Um, I had Mo Hurst, like you said. Again, a lot of these guys, I'm I'm trying to get on the cheap. Adam Butler from Las Vegas had five sacks this year. Um, he's a pretty good player. He's only 26. Um, and then Quentin Jefferson also from the jets had a good year. This might be a little too rich for their blood. Um, cause I actually think he's going to get a, a pretty good deal for a guy who's 31. Um, who else you got though? Uh, on the opposite side of the ball, I really only went with one just cause they're so strapped for cash. I think I went with one name. I think KJ Osborne, I know someone that we brought up for other teams too, but I think, Putting him in as a wide receiver three on this team, I think that makes a lot of sense. And then you can you can afford to maybe wait a little bit in the draft to draft his replacement. Yeah, I like that. I actually didn't have any wide receivers um, listed because they, if we did cut Mike Williams and we restructured Keenan Allen, um, we still would have five guys under contract. Um, and then I was also talking about possibly bringing Jalen Guyton back, so you have your six. So. Um, maybe they don't bring in anybody in free agency. Maybe they look to draft somebody and one of those guys gets cut. Um, I have a couple of young tight ends too. still Adam Troutman. Um, you can get on the cheap, uh, Harrison Bryant from, from Cleveland who I actually really liked coming out. He was a good player in college, um, from, from Cleveland. So those are guys. And then I also think you need to pick up a swing tackle. I mentioned that I think this fifth pick, um, unless Marvin Harrison is there, I think this fifth pick should go to an offensive tackle that could play opposite Rashawn Slater. But I do think you need to pick up a swing tackle. So a guy like David Quesenberry, um, a guy like George Fant in Houston, who's played well, he's veterans. I think you need to bring in somebody like that on the cheap. I like that idea because you can it, it gives them some insurance too if, they're, if they don't want to draft one in the first round or even the second round. You can draft a developmental guy and – start the veteran in their place. So I like that idea a lot. Right. All right. Let's take a look at the draft. Um, we're going to do a three round mock for the chargers. Before we get into that, 
Um, Chargers have eight picks in this draft. They have two seventh-round picks. Um, let's just talk strategy really quick because they are at five, like I said. Um, they have a pick in each round. They have two in the seventh. What would your mindset be going in? I've already given mine. I think this has to be offensive line, and then you look to attack wide receiver or corner in that second round because they're a little deeper in that area of the draft in that se- in that early second round. Um, what are you thinking about? I mean, me personally, and and especially for a team like this, and it, I don't know if it really works in this setting, but I think about trading back. Um, I think for I think someone maybe will, and I don't think you'd have to even go that far either. I think you can trade back to even like the Titans. I think, uh, God forbid, I think maybe even the Bears you can trade back to and just try to accumulate more assets to help fill out this roster given the cap situation you're in. Yeah, but if we're gonna stick at five. I don't know, man. Malik Neighbors is really, really enticing. I think it'd be really hard for me to pass up on him. All right. Well, we'll see what we'll do. Um, let's start this mock up. So the way the mock went was Drake May, Caleb Williams, Marvin Harrison at three, Malik Neighbors at four. So this is the conversation now. Um, do we want to go this offensive tackle with Alt or Olu or Latham or a popular mock spot in these last – round of mock drafts from experts have been Brock Bowers at five. Yeah. I think five is a little too early for Brock Bowers and a tight end personally. Um, I, I think this is tailor made for a trade back, but we're, we're not going to do that in this situation. So unfortunately not. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think it probably comes between Joe Alt and um, what's called Olu. Right. I, I just don't think, I think Rome Duesday is a little rich. Five is a little rich for him as well. Um. I guess it really depends on who you think is going to be better suited for that right tackle position, just because you're not going to move Slater off of left tackle. Yeah, I agree. Um, at this point, I have Alt as my I have my tackle one. Um, so I'm going to take Joe Alt here, if you're cool I'll, with that. Yeah, I like that. All right. And then you just got your book. Like At this point now where we take Joe Alt, we have four really young offensive linemen that can all grow together. We still have multiple years left on their contracts. Um, so I really like this and it kind of played out well, they're picking at 37 here on the clock where you got a wide receiver like, uh, Tez Walker on the board, a field stretcher for them. Um, let's take a look at some other guys. So, um, we just took offensive tackle. So Fontenot, Barton aren't really going to be on our board. Um, Keon Coleman, also a wide receiver, Xavier Leggett, but some corners too, which we, we talked about Quinion Mitchell, TJ Tampa, um, the notable guys. What are you thinking here? It's a tough decision. I feel like these corners and wide receiver are all kind of graded similarly uh, for me, at least. I agree. Um, I, I do think Chris Jenkins makes a lot of sense here, too. I know it's not really a position of need, but I think bringing him back in, filling a need on that uh, interior defensive line and reuniting him with Jim Harbaugh makes a lot of sense. I wouldn't be surprised if they went that route. Oh, I agree, and I despise that. I know how bad they've been against the run in these past few years. But I need some skill guys here. I just don't know. I feel like I'd personally, I mean, who do you like in wide receiver? I know Tez Walker gets a lot of shine. I feel like you can't go Keon Coleman. You know, you know how I, I feel about Tez. Yeah. Um where are, where's the next pick? We're we're pick 69. Um after that. I still kind of like some of these players around here. All right. You want to go Jenkins? Let's go Chris Jenkins. All right. Fuck it. We'll go Chris Jenkins. 
I don't love I this, the, this interior defensive line class anyway. The Charger fans are gonna uh, are gonna be a little pissed off, but oh, they're gonna despise this pick. I think this is a Jim Harbaugh draft. You'd be built through the, built through the trenches. So you think Roman Wilson here at sixty nine? I mean, I I personally wouldn't hate it. I think Ricky <laughs> Pearsall makes a lot of sense. I think that's a that's a field stretcher if you've ever seen one. And I think it, it's a, a immediate need for them. I think I think honestly, I think Pearsall, or I mean, I was gonna say this too. Mikey S for the secondary. Dude, Mikey S is a good player. I think it's either I think it's gonna you either go Mikey S or Pearsall here. All right. Can I can I talk you through Sioni Vaki real quick? Okay, let me hear it. Get me a guy that can play both ways for this team. I need help in the secondary. He could play a little safety, and then we just bring him on offense too. And he's taking carries out of the backfield. He's taking jet sweeps. Um, we basically just got two players on one. Yeah, I'm gonna pass. But I like the way you're thinking. <laughs> you're saying no deal? Yeah, no deal. You're slam no deal, Howie. Um dude, Sioni Vaki's gonna be fucking awesome at the senior bowl. I haven't watched him. Is he that good? Dude, I he's good bowl. I actually don't know where I like him better right now. Um dude, he's just like a he's just like a lightning rod. He really so, is. Someone was saying the same thing. I can't remember what podcast I was listening to, but they were saying that um, his high school coach said he was the best wide receiver he's ever seen. Dude, high school wide like, receiver he's ever seen. As soon as they flipped him to offense, like they were like kind of electric on offense. Like he's really good catching balls out of the backfield. Really tough runner. Um, he's a good safety though. He's freaking fiery back there. He'll be fascinating to watch as a senior bowl. I can't wait to watch him just flip in between all the position groups. Um, Dude, he'll be like running routes against a corner, and then he's gonna flip to the other side and guard somebody. Did they say they come out and said he's gonna do that? Oh yeah, Jim That's Nagy sad. said that. Love that. Uh, so what are we thinking here? Pearsall, uh, Ricky Pearsall's a good player. I think Pearsall fills a need for them in this wide receiver core. I feel like he's a he's a true field stretcher. Um, and he's also a really good route runner. I think he's someone that's gonna rise during the Senior Bowl too. I agree. I think those one on ones are gonna be huge for him. Um. All right, let's do it. Let's take Ricky Pearsall. Shout out Dylan um, at pick 69. So as this draft gets graded, I like what we did here. Again, I kind of agree with you. I think at five would be a great spot for a trade out. Um, but I do also love the idea of going to get bookend tackles with yeah. Joe Alt. So at, at pick five in the first round, we went Joe Alt, tackle from Notre Dame. In the second round at pick 37, we took interior defensive lineman Chris Jenkins out of Michigan, reuniting with his head coach, Jim Harbaugh. And then in the third round at pick 69, we took Ricky Pearsall. We got a B grade from PFF. How do you feel about that, that draft? I'll take it. I think it's, a, I think it's, um, it's definitely something that you don't see a lot of mock drafts do for them. I feel like, I feel like a lot of them are kind of steering into the weapons uh, that they need, but I do think this just it has Jim Harbaugh's fingerprints all over it. I think it makes a lot of sense that this team needs to get tougher up front. We saw what he does in Michigan, how they just wanted to run the football too. So I think right. it makes a lot of sense. All right. Sounds good. Anything else before we get out of here? No. Uh, next week, the position rankings begin. So oh, yeah, baby. Now, now we're going to be balls deep in it. I love it. Oh, yeah. Quarterbacks are coming out next week. So we are fired up for that. I hope you guys are, too. As always, please rate and subscribe to the pod and follow our Twitter at Two Tackles with the number two. Stick with us as we continue towards this 2024 NFL draft. Ray, my friend, appreciate you.